Hello and welcome to another session of the Stafford Beer Brain, the firm reading group of General Intellect Unit. Uh, this time we are starting on page 286, uh, continuing our read of chapter 17. Um, yes, and uh, the section we're beginning is the one entitled Vox Populi. Um, so, uh, the people have their voice. However, the channels open for its direct expression are, as we have seen, heavily attenuated. And the scheme just described was intended to restore variety and also immediacy to the people's voice. But there are other amplifiers. First of all, the role of the artist, the poet, and the musician in the expression of every kind of popular aspiration is generally accepted as powerful in all politically self-conscious nations. In Chile, I spent every spare minute with such people, mainly out of sheer exuberance. Even so, no one doubted, least of all they themselves, that they played a major role in the political struggle. Once again, a closed-loop amplifier is detectable in cybernetic terms. A piece of art, picture or a cartoon, sculpture or wall painting, marching song or folk lament, focuses emotion by selecting a set of states from a plethora of variety that is in total too gigantic to be apprehended, except perhaps as a great sigh. If the selection is well made, then individuals will identify with this artwork, reinforcing its effect by their popular acclaim. This is particularly obvious in the case of music, since all may participate in the act of its live performance. Once more, we see huge systemic effects. In this case, the negentropy of political awareness rising rapidly in the absence of iterative channels linking the artists and the public. Even the initial message may not be overly political, as it is in a protest song. Simply to be evocative of fond emotions may be sufficient, but if the artist can focus the voice of the people to their satisfaction, he may also put words into the people's mouth, and always has done. In this, the artist accepts, and knowingly accepts, irresponsibility. But because science has indeed been largely sequestrated by the rich and powerful elements of society, science becomes an integral part of the target of protest for the artist. Each makes his own Guernica. My own view, which I said about propagating in these circles, is that science, like art, is part of the human heritage. Hence, if science has been sequestrated, it must be wrenched back and used by the people whose heritage it is, not simply surrender to oppressors who blatantly use it to fabricate tools of further oppression, whether bellicose or economic. All right, so thoughts about this section here. Uh, Jeremy, go ahead. So I have in my margin notes two things. One is Protel Cult, and the other is Gramsci, the intellectual as worker. And so I think the Protel Cult thing is pretty interesting. I mean, he's basically advocating for the kind of things like the agit train and the agit boats from the early Russian Revolution as ways of, uh, you know, extending the revolution to cultural means. And the thing about Gramsci was there's a, um, 
there's, you know, there's a passage in Gramsci where he's talking about how being trained to be an intellectual in bourgeois society is being trained to propagate and uphold bourgeois society. And that the, you know, the intellectual is an intellectual because bourgeois society needs intellectuals to prop it up and be intellectual workers for the dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. And that any communist can just decide that they can be an intellectual for the proletariat and then lend intellectual labor to the proletariat mission. And that part of what communism is about for intellectuals is consciously making that choice to stop doing the struggle on behalf of the bourgeoisie and start doing the struggle on behalf of the proletariat. Right. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's sort of for, I guess, what uh, Gramsci would have called like uh, traditional intellectuals or organic intellectuals of the ruling class. Um, that's that's you know a switch you can make um, as opposed to the organic intellectuals of the working class. Um, but I think him going after science in particular, I think, is really challenging and interesting to say. You know, scientists love to tell themselves they're neutral and that mm -hmm. they're just doing pure science. And from a communist perspective, that's nonsense. Um, but. It's very, very prevalent rhetoric among scientists. And of course, there has to be some amount of stepping outside of historical context to do pure science. But ultimately, who is the science for? And I think that's where Beer is going with this, this idea that science is for the people. Yeah. You know, or it's for oppressing the people. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, he takes the view that it is the people's heritage and should belong to them and empower them uh, as opposed to the oppressors. Um, uh, Shane, go ahead. Yeah, the, the thing that jumped out of me here was that um, I love this notion of like this sort of popular artist and poet and musician and so on, and there, there's a role in the proletarian struggle. Um, all of that seems to be completely absent for us. Like, um, you know, like our popular music or whatever is these Zoomer fucking, you know, electronic artists that have been lobotomized by the cash nexus with, um, you know, the, the hype beast sort of thing. And uh, it, it's just very hard for me to imagine today, like a kind of anything resembling a popular folk kind of music or poetry that goes anywhere or has any kind of audience that's actually meaningfully unified. Um, I mean, it'd be lovely to have it again, but uh, just... It just, it seems very alien at this point, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It kind of breaks through occasionally, right? And there's a lot of, like, subcultural fandoms that follow this model. Uh, certainly, you know, top 40, you're not going to get a whole lot of that. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess... Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a good example recently. I guess, uh, what, This Is America was pretty popular, right? Because it's like, you know, major actor 
mm-hmm. Hollywood aristocracy uh, coming out with it uh, well, made made it oh, made it also, pretty big. Like like fucking Grimes is a Landian at this point. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the more that's the more fucking big pop culture politics crossover <laughs> at this fucking point. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> Very uh, weird. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, Grimes obviously, uh, you know, has uh, has not sided with the people. Um, I mm-hmm. think we can all accept that. Uh, That's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's definitely <laughs> oh, sided with the oppressor. There's uh, <laughs> no question about it. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, let's go to uh, Matt, uh, Jake H, and then Boast. Matt, you are muted. Yeah, you talk actually. Yeah, two things on the culture thing. Uh, what, what is that? Yeah, I, I think actually uh, yeah, the thing about folk is that like because it doesn't really require like virtuosity, you know, like uh, lots of people can participate in it, and you know, in that respect, like uh, you know, the, the the proliferation of you know, uh, 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 um, uh, you know, electronics that like let you do sound stuff. Um, uh, uh, like has kind of made uh, um, you know, art creation like more democratic than ever, and uh, you know, k- kind of more peer to peer, you know, um, uh, and you know, creating those like peripheral connections, um, uh, uh, you know, in- including an independent podcasting uh, uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, ecosystem that you know al- allows like the creation of like other um, uh, uh, forms of uh, um, you know, uh, communication and stuff. And uh, um, what, what, what's it um. And, uh, uh, and I think the 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 the, 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 the thing is I think is also interesting just because like yeah I, I, I yeah you know, but like the, the, there was that like very like Nick Land we appreciate power video which you know I I think is actually kind of cool and like also you know not totally like okay with you know, everything that she's found herself in I think art's a little bit more compl- yeah complicated than straightforward with with uh, uh with that but I think yeah the, beer's definitely talking about like a kind of didactic kind of art and you know then I think that does raise some very interesting questions of like you know like authenticity versus like having like kind of an instrumental role and yeah i feel like there's room for both but you know like i don't know it's it's weird yeah but like yeah right yeah um i will not defend grimes under any circumstances uh she's you know the mary antoinette of our age uh uh so yeah uh sorry um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jake H, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know if she's quite that important, um, but I, I I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, and I, I I really like this kind of thing. I don't. I'm sorry. I was like not. I was doing some other things, so I don't know if we like talked about this whole. Did we like read this whole section up to the manual, or do we not get that far? Um, up to the manual. The, uh, the next. We step. we read down to the word second. Oh no no we're not even close. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, well, no. Well there's no it's only one more paragraph. But um uh yeah, I I like this like section. Like I like him one of the things that I like about Beer is his like even though he's like the most hardcore scientist, he is very much not disconnected from the the like more artistic kind of side of humanity. And I like that he kind of identifies art or science as like in the same realm you know it's like it's a, a form of human expression and to like surrender it to the capitalists is is a mistake i mean i noticed this in like a lot of you know my own organizing where people are like 
anti, not anti-technology, but very, very reluctant to incorporate technology into their organizing because I think there is this, because it's used so often by like capitalists, by like tech bros, by, you know, venture capitalists to be like, oh, well, you know, you just use this app and this will paper, this will uh, remove this contradiction in society. But it's like, no, clearly that doesn't do anything. It, it's a tool, the way you use it can allow you to do like get rid of contradictions inside or, 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 you know, get rid of, well, not get rid of, but win, win the class struggle. But, um, you know, people are very like, they've got that knee jerk reaction of like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to use that tool that is so tied up with like capitalist accumulation, you know, but like just going back to the sort of what Beer's talking about or what's he, what he's talking about this whole book of like, no, like there is effective organization that can be determined scientifically and it doesn't have to actually exist in relation to or in service to capital. You know, it can be done in service to the people. And I think uh, just also like I, I just like his 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 uh, um, insistence that, you know, like poets and artists and musicians will play a big role in in the revolution and in the society that we need to build. And I think that's true. Like that's a universal universally true and whatever kind of revolutionary project we make, we need to make space for art uh, and for people to like express their humanity because ultimately what is socialism about if not like a collective expression of humanity and reorganization of society around that expression, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the particular thing he says that, you know, a, piece of art can focus emotion by selecting a set of states from a plethora of variety that is in total too gigantic to be apprehended except perhaps as a great sigh is very insightful um you know it's it's true right like you uh have all these complex emotions but if you come across a, a great piece of art it will just like um, focus your emotions and uh, a lot of the, the research on uh, emotional energy um, sociological research on emotional energy that has been done in the last while really agrees with beer on this in terms of the, the role that, that art plays in uh, creating solidarity and common ideas Um uh, Boast and then Matt. So uh, first off, I just want to echo what everyone else is saying and that they, you know, this is a really great chapter uh, because I think that just like reading through it and especially later, it's very obvious that Beer kind of lets his hair down. Like it, it, we're going from a chapter talking about uh, molecular recursive Rama and now we're talking about making folk songs to inspire people. Uh, so I just wanted to put that out there first. Uh, and then I wanted to kind of return to what you were mentioning is that because that phrase that uh, that talk about the the, the gestalt of human emotion uh, just is so kindred to this idea of like a primordial soup where art is where it catalyzes into something real, even if that catalyzation doesn't really go on to anything else. And that actually kind of doubles back on uh, what Shane was saying earlier in that, like, well, where where do we see um, these entertainment figures kind of engaging with politics and we kind of see it as like a very reactionary, like primordial uh, emergent variety attenuation of just like, well, what are the people saying? So 
I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm in Atlanta right now and I'm walking around having to do chores for my organization. And I see these posters up like vote or die. And I'm seeing, and I'm on YouTube and I'm seeing Michelle Obama to tell me like, you know, you have to go vote. So I'm like, I'm seeing these kind of popular figures, whether they're political or entertainment, all kind of regurgitating these, uh, these structures that are left for them by socialization. So I think that it's, beer's really just kind of digging into a golden nugget here by saying that this primordial soup can only like create this catalyzation and proceed to this next more organized step if the artists are kind of respected enough to be able to step out of those socialized structures. Uh, I think he uh, like hits it even later on where he says like, okay, we have to start over. We have to kind of begin again. We need to say like, hey, all of you artists that are generating out of the the, the gestalt, like keep going, like reach the next stage. Uh, reminds me of like Zach Fox right now, a popular comedian uh, putting like a, uh, book chin and stuff on his instagram and it's just like the the zeitgeist is demanding this stuff but it doesn't really have a place for these conclusions to land yeah yeah uh definitely um it's i mean this is basically where cultural studies got to start right it was all these questions um so yeah pretty pretty interesting area uh matt go ahead yeah, and, uh, 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 yeah, uh, and uh, on his thing on, on like what art does, I think it's just super interesting and just you know is is like an angle in, in into how we think. So that you know it, it, it is this variety attenuator. You know, the first thing I thought of was actually how uh, um you know in in uh, uh, movies you know like. Uh, a lot of the narrative wouldn't necessarily make sense without, you know, like the incidental music kind of telling you how to feel in any given uh, scene. Uh, if, you've, if you've ever watched like uh, um, uh, um, uh, movie scenes or trailers that all they do is just like they, they, they change the music, like, you know, it's totally, you know, it's totally different, you know, <laughs> like, and so that's all it, uh, uh, that's, that's all it needs. Um, and anyway, mm-hmm. also, you know, I think it's, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see how he thinks of science and art because, you know, like he, you know, he is very into, you know, the second order cybernetics and, you know, instrumentalism and constructivism. Uh, and so, you know, like he does, he, he does see, you know, kind of more of a connection between science and art, I think, than a lot of, than a lot of other uh, people working in either, because, you know, he does see, you know, like a model has creative choices in it. Like, you know, the, 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 the viable systems model has five, um, uh, yeah, it having five pieces was a conscious choice on his part that wasn't just about like reflecting nature it was just about oh you know you shouldn't really have to think about more than five things at once which you know I think also speaks to how uh, um, you know if, if we're like uh, uh, getting immersed in you know um, uh, uh, beer's own take you know we should feel free to you know like redo stuff because you know like he will you know he'd be the first one to say that you know like uh yeah things could yeah there are things that have predictive value in and of themselves and then there there are parts that you know are kind of an interface and so like if you know we want to split like a system that kind of has multiple um parts to it you know into into more than one thing i think you know you should feel free to do that uh right i mean uh, you get into that with the sort of like very fuzzy nature of some of these systems like for um in particular i think uh oh. like well there's all these different parts interacting with each other and they're doing things that are somewhat distinct from one another but we're calling this one system for the purposes of convenience um yeah uh so let's uh let's let's carry on here um so secondly, the voice of the people can, by the use of elementary modern technology, be made to resound in the people's own ears. It is commonplace all over the world to see those who live in economically depressed areas despondent and robbed of all will to improve their lot. 
They sit in doorways telling each other that nothing can be done and hope that one day a government program will rescue them from their penury and despair. Um, yep. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Biden's not going to do it, but maybe the next Democrat will. Um, you know, it's the party of FDR. Uh, in Canada, however... I had dealings with a project known as Challenge for Change, whereby teams of young sociologists and filmmakers had set out to gain the participation of the people on the eastern seaboard of Canada, uh, so in the Atlantic provinces, um, or maritime provinces, uh, in their uh, own self-improvement programs. This project, fathered by the Ministry of State and mothered by the National Film Board, used mobile handheld television equipment as its primary tool. Edited videotape of members of the dispersed community all saying nothing can be done, no one is interested, when shown in the community hall to themselves, clearly demonstrate that everyone was interested and that therefore something could be done. These remarks oversimplify and do not pretend to be a proper account of the Canadian work. However, the approach has something to offer in Chile as we studied the role of communications in society and I set about recruiting a team of Canadian social scientists willing to pilot experiments. There was an enthusiastic response, but over a period of months I was unable to attain proper equipment, little of it as was needed. We did indeed face the rigors of technological as well as economic blockades. So yeah, they couldn't even get any like proto camcorders to do this little project about you know, self-representation of the proletariat. And I think this is like, this is a pretty good point actually about, um, uh, self-representation. Uh, you know, this is, this is why, um, the sort of NGO complex, uh, and the democratic party was so at pains with the BLM revolt to, uh, try to represent the uh, protests as like disparate interests coming together uh, that there there was no actual unity to it it was a, a, a an accidental unity uh, that had no fundamental uh, coherence uh, so there's lots of work to uh, present it as just like oh well you know it's this group and this group and this group and they're they're all kind of like working together and uh, but, you know, they don't actually have anything in common. There is no such thing as a proletariat behind this. Um, uh, so, you know, when you have this kind of recognition of like the symbolic representation of the group for people to recognize, it can be quite powerful in, in galvanizing a, a, a sense of solidarity. Um, OK, let's go to Shane and then Jeremy. Yeah, I love the, I love the notion of like... Um this kind of reflexivity and self-reflection being the root of uh, group consciousness and uh, class consciousness in the same way that it is the root of just consciousness in the individual, right? Like the self-identifying, self-analyzing loop is um, is fundamental to that. So worth reflecting on like the, the amount of work that I think, kind of riffing on what you were saying, Kyle, like the amount of work that's put into disrupting that kind of self-reflexivity. Like when do you ever see proles on TV, for instance, in just shows and stuff? Like never. Um or they're the butt of a joke. It's like fucking shameless or whatever, you know? Um, you get what Ken Loach, his films sometimes put like, you know, parole stuff front and center. That's kind of it, more or less. Um, 
you're really not allowed to see yourself in the mirror in, the, in this society. For the most part, uh, proletarian protagonists were, um, they ceased to become a subject of, of, of uh, popular fiction, uh, mm -hmm. uh, more or less like coincident with the rise of Thatcher is mm -hmm. you know pretty much after that like prior to that period there was quite a lot of it and then after that period there was basically zero you do get the occasional yeah. thing like uh what was that uh what was that one movie uh about the hotel and the heist uh mm. uh oh god i gotta look this up while you're doing that it's like you get plenty of lumpen representation you know like lumpen protagonists Yes, um, but you know, it's never it's never really even a positive thing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you have to identify. Yes, uh, Tower Heist is the movie I'm thinking of. Tower Heist. Cool. It is about a bunch of proles who work in a high class uh, sort of hotel slash um, uh, residence tower. And they get screwed out of all their retirement savings by their boss and then have to, like, plot a heist against him uh, in order mm -hmm. to get their their money back. Uh, so, you know, that was a notable for being so rare as an actual depiction mm -hmm. of proletarians and one that was about class struggle explicitly. The, um, the, the, the tower thing just reminds me like this. This has actually become more of a thing more recently in, say, British cinema. So, like, like if movies like Attack the Block and stuff like this that are like that like deliberately foreground like you know just like uh, sort of normal South London black kids as like the protagonists mm -hmm. and like this kind of very authentic representation. So it's, it is more of a thing in British cinema, but like it's still not much of a thing. Yeah, I mean it's still mostly cops and soldiers, right? I mean that's, that's pretty much your bread and butter uh, and superheroes who are cops or soldiers or or, or executives. Um, all right, uh, let's go to Jeremy. So there's a podcast called Street Fight Radio, and it's a group of anarchists in Southern Ohio who are very much working class uh, people. And they do an amazing podcast. I love their podcast because they do this call-in show where they're like, tell us about your shitty job. And people will talk about workplace tyranny and just start sobbing on the phone, talking just about how utterly degraded they are at work. And people listen to the podcast and over and over again, people call in and say, I thought I was the only one. I thought my boss was specifically a brutal, sadistic jerk. But now I'm seeing how systematic this is. And it's one of the most powerfully radicalizing things I've seen. I mean, Street Fight Radio, I don't know how many people listen to it. And I wish there was something like that on a mass media level, because it completely blows you away to listen to people who just assumed that everyone has nice jobs but them. And that... They are the victims of an isolated bully rather than capitalism. And yeah. listening to that over and over again, you listen to the podcast and the call-in shows over and over again, and it's just amazing. Like hearing people 
themselves hearing about how systemic what they thought their individual problems were. And yeah. the other thing they do that I love is they have ABCD shows where the only people allowed to call in are ABCDs, which they which is their acronym for anyone but cis dudes. <laughs> so you have to be feminine identified or non-binary to call in. I love that. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's super, super cool. Um, I hear they're doing pretty well. So that, that's, you know, that's that's good to good to hear. Um, I wonder why they don't have that on NPR. Hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, or or the CBC radio for that matter. Uh, CBC radio Two definitely does not have a college show talking about uh, workplace abuses. Um, instead we get, uh, you know, or I don't know if he's still on, we had fucking Rex Murphy, um, uh, as a Rhodes Scholar, uh, Newfie, and, uh, extremely right-wing, uh, host of an, a very, very, very long-running talk radio show called, uh, Cross Country Checkup, uh, which I listened to as a child, and then I was, like, on, riding in my car, the other year and, and not my car, but a rental car. And I listened to the radio. And I was like, he's still on the air. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Matt, go ahead. Uh, then Jake. Yeah, but first, like I, I can pinpoint like uh, developing class consciousness when uh, uh, listening to a, a street fight radio call in show while, while hung over and, and just realizing, oh, you know, I have my interests have way more in common with, you know, um, uh, 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 people working service industry jobs than, you know, even like nice tech executives. Like, uh, I, yeah, I, I just immediately realized what side I was actually on. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, and it is, it is interesting because, yeah, like, uh, yeah, the difference between, like, the call-in shows and, like, you know, something that they'll maybe have uh, – on uh, yeah on 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 NPR uh, is or, or yeah that that movie um uh, Hillbilly Elegy that's coming out you know it it's always something that validates the system it's it, it's 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 always someone that you know uh, even if they came from that you know well they've completely you know um uh, um uh, like they don't identify with it anymore you know like they are now identifying with the system and you know and that's mm. how you learn about you know anything that's not the mainstream from yeah and I mean that's the same with uh, pop music right. Um well documented that it's like well if you want to be top 40 you gotta put your po politics in the closet you gotta identify with the the ruling system um otherwise we're just not gonna put you on the radio uh jake uh go ahead yeah just real quick before i i just you know you brought up hillbilly elegy it's like that guy is he didn't grow up in Kentucky, grew up in Ohio or something, but had relatives there and is a fucking venture capitalist. So like it's, you know, success story in that he successfully integrated into the system and is now rich as fuck. So clearly, yeah, I agree that the, the, the stories that get elevated to that sort of popular status, and I say popular because it's like it's forced upon the population or maybe not forced, but put upon the population and becomes popular by virtue of not having any competition uh, from the proletarian class. Like there's no proletarian, um, 
you know, mass media uh, by which to like disseminate this kind of thing or have control over mass media. But um, I would also say that like, it's just like funny, like, maybe not funny, but like reading him talk about like, yeah, they weren't able to get camcorders in Chile. It's like, oh, okay. Everyone in the world has a fucking camcorder in their pocket now. Mm-hmm. And not everyone, but like in every country, there are millions of people that have video cameras in their pockets, you know, on their phone. So it's like, how much would that change? And what would Beer have done with that kind of data? I mean, it's like, I have no idea. That'd be tough to, it's like tough to, to think about how you would, um, how you would translate video data into a meta language that can communicate, you know, that can like be useful for a higher up system. Um, well, I but, mean, you know, like, we talked about Street Fight Radio, and that's pretty much using the means at hand yeah. to, to yeah, do what right. you can, right? Like, that's true. Uh, he did have access to a bunch of, like, experts, which maybe mm-hmm. would have helped with organizing the project. But right. generally I mean, speaking, I, I think, like, yeah, you could you could kind of just do that. Um whether you could put it on the state broadcaster or not, it seems like they couldn't because apparently the the state broadcaster was in the hands of the right wing at the time. Hmm. Well, yeah, but it's just it's also interesting to just like think about like you know, it's it's clearly it's not just enough that those those images be like recorded or you know seen by some number of people, but it's like who is seeing the images or videos and which videos are they seeing, you know, like talking about that example of like, well, people in this area, everything, they, no one thought that, that anyone else thought the same as them, but then they were showing the videos and they see, it's like, that shows the, like the use of it directed towards like a kind of working class perspective that, Mm. yeah, again, not at all reflective, uh, in our, current media landscape i would say except for these kind of you know more independent things but again it's like there are these mass level participation things that are just not i don't know if it's just they're not as ingrained in people like you know podcasts are not probably most people don't listen to podcasts i would say um even though it's a lot of people Mm. um but like you know people are used to the old ways of of um of like the TV and that sort of thing. And, and who knows, maybe like, you know, 30 years from now when everyone is grown up with, or everyone, you know, who's like not super old at that point will have listened to a podcast or something at some point, or, you know, is using the internet or whatever. And then these kind of, it's like, this will be the default, you know, of like, well, this is just where you go to hear things. And then if, if it hasn't already been choked out by, the forces of capital, then, you know, maybe it'll be easier to propagandize people through means of like podcasts forever. Cause it's still like for people that listen to it, it's an easy way to get information for people that don't know what a podcast is. It's inaccessible, even though it nominally should be because it's just a press play on, but, but yeah, never underestimate how, uh, how many barriers exist to people, uh, accessing a new technology. Yeah. Um, I mean, it remains to be seen whether podcasts are going to go the way of radio um, or cable or whatever, just be corporatized and locked down. 
Uh, and the only thing we'll have is like Pod Save America on there. Um, uh, it remains to be seen. Certainly within the capability of capital to make that happen. <laughs> I, they've done it like 10 billion times before. So, uh, but yeah, you know, like there's a there's a Marxist uh, communication theorist called Ensensberger. Uh, he was talking about the p radical potential of the radio back in the day um, and, and saying a lot of very similar things about sort of like what podcasts present as a potential right now. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the potentials there, uh, could happen to, uh, it could happen to be useful, but, uh, we'll see. Let's also remember that like Swampside got kicked off of Apple podcasts. Yeah. Like there's, there's no reason why we couldn't get just fucking just cleaned off of all the fucking podcast apps. It's like, oh yeah, you can still download an MP3 from our website, which nobody, nobody's ever going to go look at. But, yeah. yeah. Like imminently possible to just get fucking marked. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Bose, go ahead. Yeah, I'll also try to keep this short. Um, but like reading through this, uh, the another example that kind of jumped out at me was uh, the like the video series All Gas, No Breaks. Um, and especially the, the coverage that they did of the Minneapolis protests, because um, very much like these call-in shows where we hear people come on and just say like, yeah, like I'm being bullied. And then we realize we're all being bullied by the same bully, the boss. Uh, we realize that like through these kind of like these video interviews that All Gas No Breaks does, that these kind of flimsy characterizations that we get fed by the media, especially of like protesters, rioters, all this jazz, by just putting a microphone in their face, this person's showing these the the humanity that's there that they're peeling back this kind of uh, this flimsy veil of characterization and showing that big great sigh that's beneath it all that beer was talking about earlier yeah definitely i mean you know i know people who live in portland and if they were able to represent themselves as opposed to how they're represented in the media, I feel like the narrative around Portland would be very different <laughs> than what we are seeing right now. Um, uh, okay, Matt, go ahead. <laughs> we, 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 we haven't heard from Beer in a bit. I, 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 I want, want, want to really get 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 in the side of the, like yeah, and I, I, I think that that line of uh, um you know um uh, otherwise it would it would just be a great sigh is is also super important in in, in terms of like you know the like uh, uh, yeah st still definitely think you know materialism is is like you know is, is like the, the the bigger cause like on you know ideas like i don't think you know like the world is ultimately a, a war of ideas but yeah the, the, so like you know the stuff does have to connect to like a real material thing it's just that you know like uh, uh yeah uh, 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 yeah there's the, the, the stuff that, that really is just potential that you know like it's this thing that this is part of your life that you never put into words you never really think about that you don't really connect to anything else you know, it's, it's articulating something that, you know, allows for coordination with other people who are also in that situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, it's entirely at odds with, or really at odds with the, 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 the sort of material basis of all this stuff uh, to say that, like, well, if, you know, a interest is never articulated. It's not very effective. Um, like it's, you can still have that kind of like class interest at work, and it just 
doesn't really manifest in any effective way because it's not focused at all. Um, like, we see that uh, in kind of like the 18th Brumaire, where Marx is talking about sort of like ideal class interests versus what classes actually do. Um, they're not the same thing. Uh, so, yeah. Um, all right, so the manual. Uh the last of the components of the People Project that was being advanced throughout the second epoch of the work and running Peripasu with the Project Cybersyn was known to us as The Manual. The idea emerged in debate between Fernando Flores and myself. If we thought that we were beginning to understand the cybernetics of government, and if we wanted to redesign the governmental process, then there ought to be a manual in which some key principles were set down, in such a way that all could understand them. Mulling over this requirement, I thought the seven pr principles, plus or minus two, would be their number, since this figure so often appears as delimiting the discriminatory ability of the human brain. To err on the safe side, perhaps something useful could be said by five principles. Ah, there are five subsystems in the viable system. By this route, I set out to analyze what was most important about each of the subsystems one to five from the standpoint of the ordinary citizen. What was most notably wrong in each case and how it could be put right. I wrote five essays to myself and refined them. I discussed the issues with everyone I could think of, and most notably a workers leader of no learning and profound wisdom. Uh, in the end, I had five principles, each expressed in a single cybernetic sentence and each relating to one subsystem, although out of numerical order, the order being five, two, one, three, four. Here are the five cybernetic statements. First principle. System 5 within a people's government cannot be an elite ruling class. It is somehow the embodiment of the mass of the people themselves. That's an interesting one. If only we could figure out the somehow. If we could figure out the somehow, problem solved. Let's go. Um, second principle. The speed of response in an essentially lag servo mechanism is critical. Note especially the anti-oscillatory systems too. Um, yeah, so, you know, he's, he's saying here that uh, response times within these circuits are very important. Um, and the response time of systems two in keeping the systems one balanced is, is very important uh, as well. Uh, third principle, variety engineering enables us to design homeostatic subsystems that obey the law of requisite variety and determine a recursion of metasystems. This preserves system one autonomy. All right. Uh, fourth principle, command is neither a matter of wielding authority nor of overloading the central axis with variety attenuating regulations. System 3 delegates authority and accountability to the elemental level and looks for synergistic advantage in taking a synoptic view of Systems 1. The fifth principle, special attention is necessary to System 4, otherwise System 5 identifies with System 3 and the whole cerebral metastructure collapses. Instead of adaptation and self-determination, we are left with crisis management. This was to be the cybernetic substance of the manual. 
But now it needed translating it to simple statements that could be distributed to the people through booklets, leaflets, posters, and I hoped, songs. After many attempts at this translation, I finally produced a booklet entitled Five Principles for the People Towards Good Government in early September 1972. It began with a statement which I hoped that President Allende would sign. The revolution of ownership is two years old. It is time for the revolution of government to begin. This statement would be dated from the official inauguration of the operations room so that the whole movement towards bureaucratic change would, stop, uh, would be totally visible and universal. The five principles were each couched in two forms. Stop the existing practice. Start the new one. And each time, change is a state of mind that everyone shares. A definition evolved for this purpose, but which perhaps has some general merit. There were appropriate drawings to illustrate the five themes, and the booklet is reproduced in an appendix to this section. Having spoken of translation, namely from the language of cybernetics into the English language and the cultural norms of an Englishman, it is necessary to add that a second translation would be required that I should not attempt into Spanish and into terms of the Chilean culture, with sectarian politics intervening. Whether this production would ever have been completed and published as a booklet cannot be judged, for other matters arose. In the meantime, however, I determined to tackle the question of songs. As already remarked, music was a major amplifier in the cultural system. The central figure among the musicians with whom I mixed and became friends was the famous folklorist Angel Para. He was at first quite amazed that I expected him to sing about the scientific inheritance of the people. This is hardly a familiar idiom of the folklore genre. However, he had been following our progress with great interest, and he eventually agreed. In this translation of the manual, the cybernetic finesse of the five subsystems commentary was assimilated into a political appeal for reform, which somehow made all five points through the recounting of then-current events and preoccupations. <clears throat> and the two basic messages of the manual came through strongly in the chorus. Then let us stop who do not want the people to win this fight, and let us heap all science together before we reach the end of our tether. Or better, in the original, I don't know, someone want to read the Spanish? I'm, I, I could try, but I, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to do a good job. Speak up if you if you wish to. All right. Sure, I'll do it. Okay, go, Jeremy, go. Hay que parar al que no quiera que el pueblo gana esta pelea. Hay que juntar toda la ciencia antes que acabe la paciencia. Nice. Yeah, I agree. It does sound better in the in the Spanish. Uh, so Angel Para called the song. Uh, Letania para una computadora y para un niño que va nacer, in which, uh, which in English says, litany for a computer and a baby about to be born. It is a proper theme, and as the impact of microprocessors becomes felt, it is a theme to which people's attention must be increasingly directed. Because computing in all its forms is becoming exceedingly cheap, the mass of the people can in principle be freed from drudgery. 
Because the cybernetics of techno-social change is not understood by either the government or the people, it is likely that in fact the mass of the people will be freed from gainful employment. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, let's go to Matt, uh, Shane, and then Boast. I think you're muted, Matt. Uh, I just hit the handbags. Oh, got it. Okay. Uh, Shane, go ahead. Cool. Um, this, uh, the, the song and the, the theming of this, and especially this last paragraph, really reminds me of like All Watched Over by Machines of Love and Grace, like the, both the, the documentary series and the, the poem, right? Mm -hmm. And one can't help but be reminded of the bitter disappointment that comes after this moment. <laughs> you know, like, in, like, yes, there is a potential for the people to be liberated cybernetically. But what we're actually going to get is a uh, cyber control fucking nightmare of finance. Yeah, we're going to get so, cyber yeah. cyberpunk is real. Um, uh, yeah. And I mean, I, I think uh, there's a there's a political edge to this to these this is verse that uh, is not in all washed over, which is just sort of like a oh, yeah, you know, it must happen that we'll, you know, live in harmony with computers, which is like it has an imperative statement in there but it's not like uh you know <laughs> the people must overthrow their oppressors mm -hmm. and united harmony with computers it's, um, it's that good old hegelian form of necessity right you know imperative <laughs> yeah the anonymous imperative um mm -hmm. yeah yeah but because it is necessary it surely will happen like, mm, don't know yeah yeah um okay well uh matt go ahead yeah, and, and uh, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, with with uh, Adam Curtis, you know, I mean, l l like uh, all looks over kind of made me think, you know, you know, he he's kind of, I kind of have a little bit less respect for him now just because, like, you know, he's he's leaning into the doomerism. I mean, like it's part of his brand. Mm. I mean, like he's an entertainer more than anything else. But you know, like uh, uh, gotta be careful with the edutainment because I mean, there is no way that he doesn't know about Chile. <laughs> like, and so you know, to make this whole documentary about how oh, cybernetics is just this, you know, I'm a techno optimist thing, you know, from a uh, uh, you know a, a, a DARPA labs and you know defense contractors, and you know, it's it's not really liberatory. It's like, dude, and anyway, he. he He's like got connections with Spike Magazine and stuff too, you know. Just like, mm -hmm. screw it, we will be watched over by machines of loving grace. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, perhaps, perhaps it's, it's it, it must happen. Uh, I, I, you know, that that is a good point though. Like to introduce the Chile story into his narrative would certainly break up the theming of the, his project, right? That, that, that Doomer theme would not be there. Uh, he wouldn't okay. get to use the cool Nine Inch Nails music if he did that. You know? <laughs> he planned out the fucking bit at the end with the, with the music, and I was like, well, we can't have a happy ending. We yeah, we can't have a happy ending, ending no. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get uh, Nine Inch Nails to, uh, to make songs for the people. Um, that, that will be our next thing. Uh, their, their, their quake soundtrack was only a prelude to, to their, their greatest work. Um, uh, boast, go ahead. So I'm definitely going to step out of the purpose of this chapter for a minute, but just kind of like taking a bird's eye view, I'm seeing beer as a person, just having a very sincere love of music 
Mm. And uh, between this and his like his later in life fascination with Brian Eno, I'm imagining that there's like another possible world out there where uh, instead of getting into management stuff, Beer got into just complete like a complete like music auteur and like helped found acid jazz 10 years earlier. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd be uh, like a British Frank Zappa or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, OK, Jake, uh, go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I posted a link to, I just like Googled the song name uh, or I, I searched on YouTube and there is like a link of, yes, of there is thing like singing the song. Um, but yeah, I really like this like little, like, you know, I, I love, I really like beer's kind of constant insistence that, you know, the, these things need to be understood by the people and it can't just be left to technocratic kind of, well, to technocrats. To understand this you know it's like it really has to be has to be translated into language that people understand it and you know all people understand the language of music like it's a human thing mm -hmm. and you an education to like to feel feelings when you hear songs you know um and so and i like this i really like this little like packet this this little, the little the small like art pieces in there and the the way that it's it's very like just a few phrases on each page and everything and um so i really like that and i and i also like that he sort of distilled it into these these systems or not systems i mean these principles still these uh, systems into principles because it kind of yeah guides guides you into sort of figuring out how to like what are the more important what are the important things to really deal with when you're talking about this system as a whole but yeah, I just I, I quite like the idea of like there being a manual for cybernetics, uh, or at least for the Chilean experiment in cybernetics, I should say, because probably every every cybernetics experience is a uh, or experiment on this level is going to be unique, you know. But yeah, well, let, let's just let's go through it. Let's go through the uh, the five principles, and then we can we can do have a little wrap up conversation here. Um. Uh, so, first principle, government is the people's help. The view of government as incomprehensible, as the people's burden. Stop this whenever you can. Uh, never despair. Change is a state of mind that everyone shares. Uh, so this is this has a person uh, holding like basically Atlas holding up the world, but it is a person holding up a big like Mario Brothers question box. Um, uh, and uh, there's a big X through it because, you know, we shouldn't be burdened like Atlas with with con being confused by government. Um, the view of government as the people thinking what to do as acting together to do it. The compañero presidente says government is the people. The wishes of its people will be made known to the government at all times. We shall use technology, which belongs to the people, to do it. And it has a little picture of Allende with some people holding banners, I think. Maybe shovels? I think they're shovels. <laughs> Uh, so on the lower part, you have two two people digging, whole, digging with shovels. Ah, uh, yes. They're both like tinking, tinking upwards towards a point. It's like a triangle. Yes. And they're actually they're in the in the top. It's like they're they're imagine. It's like a, it's a transfer. Like there's arrows going from 
the situation of digging holes to a situation of holding hands with the president and not yes, digging holes. Yes, yes. Which seems like they should get back to work, but like, you know. <laughs> he's, he's got his little sash on that Peter mentioned before. Uh, all it's right. very cute. These are cute drawings. They, they're, they're very, very cool. cute. Uh, second principle, to help means helping now. Red tape and muddle equals endless delay. Stop this whenever you can. Never despair. Change is a state of mind that everyone shares. Uh, so we have a uh, a looks what like what looks like a uh, Parthenon surrounded by a cloud of in, of, of sinister eyes um, and a person that is like furious at them. It, this, this reminds me. This reminds me exactly of like the the uh, cover that the Economist ran uh, at the start of the uh, 2008 financial crisis, where they had like a you know a Parthenon and a, a crowd of angry uh, peasants coming to burn it down. Um, except you know beer is obviously on the side of the peasants. Um, and then at the bottom we have a dog waiting to be fed, and then the the before it's a before and after picture, a dog waiting to be fed, and then a dog that has died of starvation because the 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 evil eyes in the in the government haven't done shit. Um, so uh, yeah, there's a big cross for this. Uh, immediate contact and immediate response equals the fastest possible action. Uh, so we have. A dog waiting to be fed, a person rushing to get the, the food and then feeding. Uh, or these are different people. They're basically like relaying the message that the dog needs to be fed and then the dog gets fed. Um, this is the story there. Uh, we already used, we have already used technology to link 60% of the social sector directly to computers in the nation's capital which send back immediate advice to the enterprises. We shall extend this kind of service to all of the people by some means. Third principle, the road to help has signposts. Bureaucracy, petty officialdom, despair, no answers. Stop this whenever you can. Never despair. Change is a state of mind that everyone shares. And it has basically like a really complex urban map that a person is is uh, struggling to figure out and there's a big cross for it one official deals with a few problems one straight link goes higher up the links can reach the president himself we shall replace bureaucracy with a precise and clear network of officials whose only job is to help to give answers we shall keep paperwork to a minimum. Essential. Ooh. Essential. Does it, can anyone read that next word? What does it say? Records. Uh, records. Uh, yes. Okay. It's a very bad R. It is a very bad R. It's in a semi-cursive that, that Beer is writing in here. And it's... Uh, occasionally hard to read the people cannot eat paper which is a good slogan you know like oh uh we're we're uh we're 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 
tracking all of the supplies necessary, but there's nothing available right now. Well, the people cannot eat paper. Um, and it has a, a person who is like, hey, to a coordinator. And then that coordinator is telling someone what to do and also forwarding information up to a higher level. And that person is presumably forwarding something on to uh, uh, the president. Um, fourth principle, help is a name and face. Blaming faceless people, it cannot be done. And bad luck. Stop this whenever you can. Never despair. Change is a state is a state of mind that everyone shares. So there's there's a there's a person standing before these looming anonymous figures. Uh, it's crossed out. Direct personal responsibility. I will do it, or I know who can. Of course, officials really want to help. After the third principle is obeyed. They will have the opportunity and the time to know the people they are proud to help. Uh, so it has like a person who is linking hands uh, with an official and then that goes on to the next person. And they're basically making a smiling human chain. Um, fifth principle, the future starts today. Managing a perpetual crisis. Everyone busy grabbing what they can the same or leads to the same old problems later on. Stop this whenever you can. Never despair. Change is an attitude of mind that everyone shares. Uh, so it is a person uh, sitting before a burning house in 1973, uh, which leads to a person sitting before a burning house in 1980. So it feels like, you know, here's the Kyoto Accord and then here's the Paris Agreement. Uh, um, and there's a big cross through it. Thinking for the future, which is just beginning, planning for our children's children leads to a better society. So 1973, person is standing before a burning house. Uh, and then the person is like thinking about uh, action, which leads to uh, everyone linking hands like the who's in Whoville. Uh, and... Uh, having a happy world in 1980. The future is not a blank, nor is it inescapably worsening. For the first time in history, man knows enough to provide the kind of society that he wants. We shall help the people to understand the options. Then the people must decide. If the government is the people, the revolution of government starts with you. All right, uh, let's go to Jeremy and then to Matt. So I have the original second edition hardcover and all the pages for this alone are in pink. Everything else in the book are white pages and the only pink things in the entire book are is this pamphlet. And I really think... We've hit my very favorite part of the entire book. I think the pink pages are the single best thing in the entire book. And duplicating the pink pages and making them relevant for our culture in the present is the nucleus of any kind of revolutionary propaganda. 
that is going to be effective and works. I think it's the single best thing in there. And I think the way of thinking leads to the best way to affect societal change. Yeah. Um, let's go to Matt and then Shane. Sam, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, you know his, his model of government. Um, uh, uh, yeah, some people are actually kind of picking it up. Um, uh, uh, I have a friend in Egypt, um, uh, and like they have they had an elected, uh, uh, they have like a leftist government elected in 2018, and like they're actually doing some of this stuff. Um, uh, all government offices are now open 24 hours a day. Like you can pretty much always, you know, if you've got something wrong with like your ID or something, uh, and uh, uh, you know they they're really fast response times. Um, uh, he had a story of like um. They, they, uh, uh, they have some problem with his bank and like there's a consumer protection agency that fixed it less than 24 hours later, which is like, that's unthinkable in the US. You know, we have a couple of things that are totally computerized, but I mean, like even those tend to like, you know, it's like a week, you know, um, uh, uh, response time minimum. Like, uh, uh, so yeah, Egypt sounds cool. I, I have a, uh, I have a story about that uh, because there is a, an, an ombudsperson in Canada to deal with banking. But you in order to contact the ombudsperson, you have to first go through the bank and like demonstrate somehow question mark that their response was inadequate. And then you can escalate to the ombudsperson. So it's like you're first thrown into the endless bureaucratic morass of the bank. And then it's like, well, question mark, question mark. Then you escalate to the ombudsperson. Uh, definitely not a good design uh, for the people. Uh, Shane, go ahead. It's like a Kafka thing. Like, how do you get to the tower? You have to go through the castle. You know? Oh, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? um, I think this is a better program than almost any fucking party has ever come up with. <laughs> and I, I think I agree with Jeremy. Like, I think we should, this should be updated for now because this will go down a fucking storm. Um, it's it's real fucking good. Um simple clear right direct to the point of like this this is what self-governance this is what the i think the only feasible form of like self-governance that's possible this is what that looks like this is what it would really mean to to be a self-governing governing policy um it's fucking great we should we should work on updating it yeah no i i think it's it's really solid stuff um you know I, I guess the the point about um, what is it now? Uh, so uh, the 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 connection uh, with Cyberstride of the uh, industries in society when he says we shall extend this kind of service to all of the people by some means is really not mm -hmm. a very strong point. For a program, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, you could imagine, like you can imagine the, the the material scarcity that they were facing, uh, and uh, you know we wouldn't really have to face that today. So we could update that mm -hmm. quite easily in terms of saying, you know, we're gonna bring fiber to everyone or something like that, mm -hmm. <laughs> like. <laughs> I think that like this, it indicates something um, even beyond that. Cause like a lot of this is like, if you as a person have a problem of some kind, like, I don't know, your fucking water main broke, mm -hmm. um, your apartment's flooding or your phone went dead or you need your fucking passport reissued on an emergency or, or any of these sorts of things. 
right now you, you have to just go and sort that out yourself. You have to go and find out where the appropriate government office is. Then you sh- you show up there and it's like, oh, they actually moved address fucking two years ago. And it's just, there's maps never got updated or whatever. And then you've, you've told, you've to do it all yourself. Whereas, and like you do some of that research by typing stuff into Google as like, I need to reissue my passport or something. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of follow paper trail. But really what should this be is you put your hand up and say, I need to reissue my passport. And, the the alert signal goes through the system and it's it's like a even one of these diagrams implies like a binary tree search yeah of where the alert should be routed to um so that like getting service should be as as kind of easy as like ringing the bell at a hotel desk and it's like yeah somebody shows up and does the fucking thing um and it's not on you to figure out why it is that the department of fucking bullshit like didn't update its map coordinates correctly or like oh their phone their phone is actually dead that's the thing i've actually encountered here yeah same you call the fucking you call you call the thing the 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 phone number that's listed on their own fucking website and it's just dead it's like oh somebody fucked the phones a year ago and they don't even realize because like they weren't picking up the phone anyway (laughs) so there's no change on their end (laughs) you know it's like they never answer calls now they know they definitely never answer them um it's all on the citizen right to to figure all this shit out and it really shouldn't be like this. This has to be a service model of governance, where these attendants, who are probably on some sort of sortition rotation, right? Like in in your career, you do your two year rotation in the fucking civil service or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and it's a it's a service based sort of thing, right? Um, this is this is really fucking good. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's just that particular section there that is focused on technology, uh, but the broader program is much more than giving everyone fiber. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Okay. Uh, Let's go to Matt, Boast, Jeremy, and then we're going to wrap it for today. Yeah, I think, like, one of the ways you know we live in the dictatorship of the bourgeoisie is that, like, almost everything the government does, you know, has lags that are acceptable for institutions, but really just, you know, what, like, that can be the difference between, you know, getting kicked out of your apartment or, you know, dying, you know, maybe because mm-hmm. you can't afford, like, a, 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 you know, some medical thing that you're disputing, um, uh, uh, you know, l- 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 like, government is just not human scale. Versus like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like technology really does make, make, make all this stuff possible. Like if you ever return something on Amazon, you know, like uh, uh, in, in, in a lot of cases, you know, like, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, or you, know, you say that something was defective. You know, a lot of times it like, oh, doesn't even bother sending it back. You know, we'll, we'll just send you another one. It's a five minute conversation and you're done. And like, there's so many government services that could just be that. And yeah, in, 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 yeah and, and uh, yeah, one thing I do, uh, do like about cybernetics is also just yeah, the uh, um, the emphasis on like stuff like uh, uh, how tightly coupled systems are and the uh, lags in the system and just information flows. Like, I used to do a lot of homeless outreach, and like, you know, New York actually has a lot of like pretty good homeless services, but there's just no way to. To even research, researching it requires, you know, f- finding a place where you can research it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, what I was doing was actually kind of being what, like the first stop of, uh, uh, you know, the, the, them, uh, uh, you know, winding their way into the system of just, and it, the, it's not like I even knew, you know, it would just be, oh, you, you need X. Um, I'll Google around for a service that's that and I'll look at the paperwork and then, yeah. Yeah. Not- right. Yeah. You're, you're making up for that link not being there. Um, uh, boast, go ahead. I just want to uh, 
echoing again like that everyone's fascination with these things because I, I feel like even though these are very cutesy and i like appealing to the eye they're so incredibly dense because like for some of these especially with the stop this whenever you can you might as well be able to have whole corollaries to these that are just like you can assume that people are going to take this path if there is not someone to stop them if there's not someone to put their foot down you're going to end up with bureaucracy faceless uh faceless bureaucracy having to go through a bunch of different people to accomplish anything um and i think that like that's just as necessary to be as like saying hey you want to do x well you definitely want to make sure that when y happens everyone's on the same page to say let's not do that mm -hmm. um and the second point is like a particular fascination with the second principle because um i think like the guy providing for his dog it's just like these are pe these are things that people want to do they want to be able to exist in life and have like a relationship with their pet that doesn't necessarily have to include the government like yeah i want to get cat food and i don't necessarily want to fill out five forms to do so or have to worry that my cat's going to starve if i go broke um so it kind of just flashed in my mind that uh there's currently a, a free fridge program that's been popping up in atlanta where it's like we're stocking these fridges, we're making sure they're stocked with good stuff, and we're blasting out the information on how people can get to them. But at the end of the day, if you want to go get the food from the fridge, you go there, you talk to the person, the person hands you like six eggs or something, and then that's it. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's a sense of uh, utility and personal accomplishment that I think is just as necessary for people to you know, be involved and care about being involved in these networks, as is the network itself. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's very cool. Uh, Jeremy, go ahead. So in, in Metaforum 2019, the big conference they do on the ideas of Stafford Beer, one of the presenters had redesigned the template for UK websites and was a big fan of Stafford Beer and was trying, of course, pushing against the UK government bureaucracy, and I'm sure Bojo nuked all of this, but trying to come up with ways that the entire templating system for UK government websites would facilitate as fast as possible, providing the information the person going to the website was looking for and escalating how to help them on similar principles to this. So, you know, it can be done. And I think an overhaul of government websites through a template, and the template was designed to make it as transparent as possible that you're getting towards the information you're actually looking for. And that's something that a website template can do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a definitely a helpful thing because uh, mm -hmm. you just kind of expect it'll be like, uh, click on something, click on another thing, click on another thing, click on another thing. Did this help you? No. Please call our our helpline, and you'll be put on hold for two hours. Um, <laughs> Shane, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, those those things are really cool, right? That's um, GDS, the Government Digital Services, which I I think you're right. I think it got um, taken out the back and shot at some point in the last couple of years, basically. But um, like I used I used to work at a Scottish government department that was sort of like rubbing shoulders with those folks because we were in doing similar sorts of things of trying to do this like rejuvenation of these kinds of information systems. Um, a lot of the GDS stuff is like, there's either articles about it or there's some public stuff about it. Like a lot of the, the research they put in, like the, the, the push to do this sorts of thing. Um, some of it's quite good. It's worth, it's worth looking up. Like they, they got to that point of trimming down the websites and getting rid of all the, the bullshit and to get them onto these like 
a fairly straightforward path to helping people, but that took a while to get there. And there was a long process to get there. Those those are actually quite interesting. Um, whatever's whatever's left of those. I think they also open sourced like the the source code for all the the stuff. Um, which is probably less interesting, but like the the process they went through, and especially like doing the Sisyphean task of fighting uphill in Whitehall <laughs> to get that stuff done, and then still getting marked for it anyway at the end of the day, um, is also in itself quite interesting. There, there, there is the the uh, subject matter for a great proletarian tragedy. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a seven season a kind of... drama. Yeah, and at the end they just get nuked by Joe. It's, it's definitely like um, it's not yes, minister. It's the other fucking show. Take of it. That's the sort of thing that happens there. Um, uh, but I think the U.S. had a similar pro- project that also got slashed as soon as Trump got in. Basically, I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was called, but it was this like government digital transformation stuff and trying to make access to services like oh my water main fucking exploded and like making getting help for that a lot quicker but um i think they also got shut down eventually because um you know good good things never last (laughs) even the most minor of good things yeah it's like the covid preparedness or pandemic preparedness programs that were destroyed um Mm -hmm. Anyway, on that miserable note, um, with uh, <laughs> uh, the the efforts of upstanding public servants being wasted, um, uh, I think it's it's time to wrap this. Uh, we should bear in mind, uh, you know, yeah, what those five principles are, and. Don't expect them to be implemented anytime soon, but I think they have a certain amount of revolutionary potential. There is a bit of a kind of cultural revolution edge to this document in the sense that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't see this happening around you, make it happen. Right. Like Mm -hmm. demand these principles be actualized. Um, And uh that is uh that's an that's an interesting proposition um like it's protocol right like it's, it's yeah. setting up new protocols yes and like the the thing with the protocol is that you expect people to follow us yeah um yeah you're right this is very much trying to tune the the receiver to to get new behaviors in. yeah all right uh well thank you everyone for participating uh we will wrap up this chapter next time cool thanks everyone bye 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 Later, y'all.